Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi there, I'm Don Waldock from Barista Chic, and this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Thank you very much, Don Waldock, for the introduction. Yes, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. A very, very happy Christmas from me. I'm Tim from JB. Hello, Tim. And from Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, here one more time before in 2016 in what has been an amazing year for rugby. Just thank you very much for listening. Uh, that was the, the theme tune uh, that you heard Don Waldock um, within. And James Mitchell tweeted us at Rugby Podcast. That's where you can find us. A little. This is a little clip from Back to the Future, the original movie with <laughs> Marty McFly talking to his girlfriend um, or, or a, the, the woman, his love interest, back in the 1950s when he goes back. And there's a truck going round the corner saying... Re-elect Mayor Goldie Wilson. Here we go. And that's our theme tune. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit annoyed actually. I'm gonna have to go back to the guy that we commissioned this theme tune off and uh, <laughs> find out exactly what's going on. Maybe it's not as unique as I originally thought. Maybe not. Maybe not. Right. Well, uh, talking Back to the Future, talking 2016. Let's look back. Let's go. Let's quickly whiz back in time. Favorite moments of in the rugby world from 2016. Hmm. For me, I'm gonna have to say the Ireland All Blacks game. That was the Soldier Field. Yes, the single most exciting game of rugby I've seen for a long, long time. It was a hell of a game, wasn't it? It really was. Um, and it had everything as well. It had the tries. It had the inevitable All Black comeback, but then Ireland holding off. Yeah, that, that, that was that was a good bit. If Ireland just carried on scoring, carried on being dominant, it wouldn't be quite so good. But it was almost scripted. Ireland had to lose that game. Yeah, and for young Joey Carberry to step up and slot yeah. a few points. Who, by the way, is a New Zealander? Is he? Yeah, he's a New Zealander. He's born in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, and in, in New Zealand until pretty recently, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that's been, yeah. So there you go. But he also had two of the best scrum halves in the world. Or Arguably the two best scrum halves in the mm. world. Well, we'll get on to Conor Murray later. Aaron I've Smith got... and Cor- Conor Murray. Yeah, I mean, 15 minutes since this podcast, I'm going to go into a 30-minute uh, <laughs> chat about Conor Murray. You've been warned. <laughs> You've, You've been warned. You have been warned. Might be time to just go and pick over some leftovers out the fridge um, when that's going on. Uh, so, yeah, uh, also because this year, it could have been, from Irish Irish fans' point of view, their first ever win in South Africa could have been a highlight of 2016, but it was overshadowed by that win against New Zealand. And how bad South Africa actually are when we, <laughs> well, you know, South Africa have been getting consistently worse every game, and that was quite early in South Africa's season, so they weren't as bad then as they are now. I would say that's the kind of yang to the ying of, of this. Seeing South Africa so <clears throat> poor is it's just not good for rugby. 
No. no. Um, absolutely, so, absolutely not. So how, we, how, we always talk about the kind of strengthening the, the tier two nations and the, the overall development of the game and the, the improvements that that can bring. But you're seeing one of the consistent superpowers over the last 20 years in free fall almost. Yeah. Mm. Complete decline. I'm going to throw a little highlight of 2016 there. Johnny Mace trying to scrummage. <laughs> Love <laughs> it. Love it. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it still baffles me how you are a professional rugby player. Like you're, I mean, if you're a waiter uh, and you were asked to, you know, you know, prep a plate of food like a chef would, you might not know exactly how to do it properly, but you can still do it. You can you get know. something that looks broadly like it should do. Yeah, you still work in the same premises. Still watch this activity every day. Yeah. And Johnny May, no, nothing. And it was the blindside flanker position. That, like, so on the left wing, he would stand looking at the blindside flanker for the last... Well, how old is he? 27? Yeah, something like that. So probably for the last well, 15 years Yeah, he must have life. seen hundreds of examples. Like, what thousands do? of examples. I, know, oh, I used to play on the flank, blindside flanker, and I would know roughly where to stand <laughs> as a blindside winger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, roughly you, who I'm marking. It just makes you think, what does he... You know, they talk about playing with your head up. <laughs> and looking what's around you. What does he look at? I mean, what must he be doing? So, bizarre. Yeah, that, that, that is actually also one of my favourites. It, it was also 2016, a year when Saracens captured a double. Yes, it was. Yeah. And, yes, Saracens captured the double, but I think a game which is sort of linked to it in a way was the England uh, victory over Wales. Because I think that was the game where Mario Toji really established himself. Yeah. That, yeah. That Saracens... Double. I've just made a note of it. It was that it was that core of English guys that, that won them that. It, what people talk about Saracens buying, uh, you know, and Steve Diamond's been very vocal trying to his little line at the moment to the press is, "Oh, other teams spend double what we spend." That is stuff. true, though. Well, that it, is true. I don't, I don't believe it's double, but um, yeah, that's what he's trying to say. But actually, it's a core. It was it's Owen Farrell, Maru Itoji, Jamie George, Cruist, Alex Cruz, Vunipolas. Yeah, that I mean, so it was it was a double that that was built on young English foundations and it was those same young English foundations which then, you know, just afterwards flew over to Australia and gave the Aussies a, a whitewash. Yeah. So, In terms of games, the England tour to Australia and particularly that first test match, uh, which had just about everything, the 28-39, which it, England won by 11 clear points, but it was only the Noel try in the last second that secured it because until that point, it could have gone either way. mm uh, that was a hell of a test match, and that was that was probably the first time that we've seen uh, Eddie Jones's ruthless streak because he started Burrell, Big Luth, Big Luth Ooh. at twelve, mm. twenty eight minutes into the game. Big Luth, whatever Eddie Jones had seen, it wasn't what he wanted from his inside centre, and he moved Farrell across and brought Ford on. Yeah, yep. uh, and actually, was it this next test he did the same thing to Har- Harrison. 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 Harrison, both of which played for Northampton, which could. You know, nicely dovetail into that situation. So yeah, you was, were warned, Northampton. It was the, the third, Eddie warned. It was the third test, and it yeah. was thirty-one minutes in. He t- pulled off, uh, took off to minor Harrison. Absolutely. <laughs> well done, Phil. Brutal. <laughs> um, if he pulled off to minor Harrison, that might be the reason why he didn't play so well. Oh, Tim. Um, oh, Tim. Well, Phil said it, not me. Uh, right. <laughs> Fiji winning gold in Rio. Where does that rank in the 2016 rugby? I'd say that's got to be right up there near the top. That was not an really amazing up. moment. For me, yes. It was okay. Not really bothered. I mean, it's, it's sevens. Um, look, they're the best sevens players in the world. They've got a coach who's very good at sevens. You know, uh, 
yeah, whatever. <laughs> but how how often do you see massive every four years massive expectation <laughs> massive expectation and a team not quite delivering? But there is something to be said for that. Uh, the, you know, the grandest stories in, in sports are when there is a load of expectation heaped on you and you do actually come through. So yeah, that's that's a reasonable point. And also, do you not see it as kind of like a gateway drug to the real thing? Like Sevens being in the Olympics and having such an amazing story, such a small island, their first ever Olympic medal, and to be so unbelievably dominant. Yeah, I mean... All, the American, all the American carriers, NBC and everyone like that, have done documentaries on this now, and it's it's giving global promotion to rugby. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. It's the real life... It's the real life Jamaican bobsay team. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's yeah. our little uh, roundup of 2016. But there's plenty to talk about that's going on in these last in these last days of 2016, which we'll get into. I just want to say, if you just take a moment out of your day to leave us a review, would very much appreciate it on iTunes. You can find us on Acast as well. Uh, but Broke Neck Mountain uh, on iTunes left a review saying. The lads' uninhibited opinions on the latest goings-on in the world of rugby are really refreshing. It makes other podcasts, in comparison, look like Mauro Bergamasco playing at Scrum Half. <laughs> I thought that was a wonderful experiment. I'm glad I saw that. <laughs> and, uh, and Velcro71 says, This is my must-listen-to podcast of the week. Three fans of the game without the seriousness of a Stuart Lancaster lecture on culture, but with the heart and soul of Rob Baxter or Steve Diamond on a chummy night out. Definitely the biggest thing since Barista Chic's single, Espresso Schmooze. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've got a game that's been um, you, you can leave a review but if you want to go the extra mile you will get mentions and uh, your moment on the podcast because uh, I'm now inviting people to, to do our work for us no not do our work for yeah. us yeah well yeah no not do our work for us you want to leave us. me any match reviews any funny quips <laughs> just email them over yeah it, well, get in touch and Peter Shaw this week has come up with a game which we're going to play a little bit later all I'll give you the, is the title right now it's called Fijian Rugby Player or medical condition. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be playing that a little bit later. But let's get into the rugby that's that's been going on these these past days. Then uh, let's what, do well, it. Well, firstly, how was Christmas? Actually, how rude. Uh, how was Christmas? Quiet. Uh, yeah, quiet. But first proper one with a with a, well, first one with a baby, right? Yep, first one with a baby. So you know. But she's not going to remember. Did you get bothered to get her no, any presents? I didn't buy her a single thing. Uh, <laughs> however, she's she's accumulated like several metric tons of plastic gifts, <laughs> plastic noisy gifts. <laughs> so you know, I've not bought her a single thing because she won't remember. But uh, it, you know, it goes over people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> so positive, <laughs> so festive. <laughs> right, that's Scrooge done. Phil, how was yours? It was very good. Uh, a day with my parents. A day with the in-laws. Um, a lot of wine drinking, a lot of whiskey drinking this year. I've drunk a ton of whiskey. Yeah, I quite enjoy the wine whiskey combination. I find I'm not really getting big hangovers. Ha- yeah, hangovers. Exa- exactly the same. Weird. Yeah, all these years with uh, with hangovers. I'll tell you what, I did do. Went back to uh, my old club, Colwyn Bay, for like a a dads versus lads that aren't dads match, uh, and that was tremendous fun. Yeah, Pro- that... proper match. You... Well, we didn't quite have fifteen aside. We went eleven aside. No, but it was like on, in, oh, yeah, in yeah. boots on the pitch, on boots on 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 the field. Great fun. So the dads must have been. If, if you're playing, the dads must have been fifties, sixties kind of age. Yeah, no, I was playing as well, a dad. Were you as oh, dad? Right. Oh, you've you now gra- oh, you've yeah, graduated you to, to the dads. Yeah, you need to have a child to be so on you, the other side. So you, so there's a great so mix. But, but Lu- for, for some Lucy in North Wales, like, you can be 
you'll be you'll have seventeen year olds on your team then, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. The only criteria was you had to have a child, not you had to yeah, play against yeah, your child. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> there could be seventeen year olds on the dad's team. Uh, oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Loads. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit cruel to make your less than one year old lace up and get out. I there, heard though. a tremendous story uh, when I was at Conway. And I'm thinking about it now. Should I tell this? No, I can't because it, it was so harsh. So no, I shan't. Can you say it without giving away any important info? One what? of the lads, the like a week before, he, <laughs> a week before the game, might have been caught by his significant other. Ho- oh, forget it. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I can't really say it without yeah. uh, giving too much away. But it is brutal. Okay. Let's we talk about some rugby. How was your Sorry, Christmas, Tim? Uh, my yeah. I had one at home. The first time going solo on Christmas dinner, I absolutely nailed it. Good. And, uh, yeah, completely nailed it. It's a lot um, of pressure. Well, it is, but uh, there's a lot of get ahead. Like I, I did my uh, spuds the day before, um, parboiled them, yeah. put them in the freezer, ah. and put them straight into the goose fat Clever. from the freezer. Clever. That's like uh, a Heston Blumenthal trip. Triple cooked chips kind of thing. Oh, isn't it? Mate, mate, it, it's, it works a treat. Yeah, so, um, clever. Uh, well, Kieran John had a good Christmas. He's tweeted us at Rugby Podcast. He said, Mum heard me talking about the Quinn stash after the rugby, after you boys mentioned it. She only went and got it for me for Crimbo, and there's a picture of him wearing his beautiful oh, Quinn what, stash. What a lovely mother. Oh, that's a good point, actually. The Quinn stash in yesterday's game, I loved that. The all black special kit. Or dark grey, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. black, dark grey. Yeah. Really, I thought that was really nice. Yeah, big gay nine. <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed. It's not a big game eight, eight. anymore because so, it just it just sounded like I don't think anyone spotted that last year. That it just sounded like they were saying. Oh, I think they did. That's big, it's a big game nine. <laughs> well, no, it, mate, so, it's been going for years. They did yeah. a big game ten a couple of years ago. Well, no, is it not? Because this was game week eleven. So good question. Oh yeah, I think I think this is the ninth year oh, you're they've right. done a big game. Oh, ah, it just so happened that last week last was on week was the, eight. Was the eighth? Well, last year, yeah. So it might have been. It was on, on week... round eight of the thing, so it fooled us. There, there we go. go. It's a big game night, but big game eight will always be our favourite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk. Shall we talk about some games? Shall we talk? Yeah. Well, I know you don't want to talk about sale, but let's talk about sale. Um, I'll tell you why I want to talk about Sale, because I was actually at the Sale press day on Tuesday, which was a fascinating insight to how they work. And Now, the one thing which got me, and you two can probably tell me if I'm wrong or right, or if this is surprising or not, is the intensity that these guys train at. Like, to hit the scrimmage, like, just hitting the, hitting the scrim machine over and over again, you'd have thought that their life depended on pushing that scrim machine back. I was amazed by just how vocal, vocal everyone is. Well, just, you've, you've got to you play like... Train like you play, play like you train. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a big fan of short and sharp. So very short, but very high intensity. What like match intensity for a, a condensed? Oh, there's period. nothing worse than th- those coaches that would say, right, we're just going to do a quick 45 minute oh. session. You'd be there an hour and a half yeah. later. And the, also the we're going to do it at 60 percent or 50 percent yeah. or 70 percent, like a specified not 100 percent. But that means that. Everyone else, everyone's kind of subjective on where that. Oh, we had we had a coach. Percentage is. We had we had a coach at one of my former clubs, and his speciality was saying the amount of contact you could have. So about sixty percent contact, okay, but then he'd specify the amount of contact in the tackle. So it'd be fifty percent contact with a sixty percent tackle. Do the maths <laughs> on that. What, what what does that mean? So, like hundred percent contact with a fifty percent tackle. I think. But, I can so get you that. can hit half hard, but then you can grab and pull him down to the ground a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah. The initial, yeah, the initial impact. Dial yeah. it back a bit, but then go increase <laughs> well, it. Apparently, what what is starting to happen more and more at Aviva Premiership clubs 
is that they are pulling back on the full contact well, sessions same, in training. Yeah, same yeah. with the same, same right with the NFL. Right. But yeah. I'll just tell you a few interesting takeaways. So a little bit of interesting trivia. Apparently, Alex Ferguson goes down and stands on the, bal- on, the on the balcony with Steve Diamond. So that is that was a big shock shock to me. He lives nearby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he loves to go cool. and watch sports. So the, the Carrington training ground is yeah around the corner. Yeah, the Man United training ground that is. Um, the other takeaway is re- related to the fact that you were mentioning contact. Then they just don't have enough time. Uh, the, the coaches were, were were talking about they don't have enough time to implement the new changes. And if they are going to dial back on contact, they're going to have even less time to implement the new changes. They think they need something like three weeks to three months in order to change habits. When you say the new changes, the law changes. Yeah. Law changes. So I, it, it was, was... I think it it was pointed out in commentary in the in big game nine mm-hmm. that, uh, that that players appeared to be hitting lower more often. Yeah. They've got to, haven't they? It's, yeah. yeah. Have so, so it's a coaching point. He's coming through. Yep. It, uh, yeah. I, that is a coaching point. But there are... I still, back to the point we made a couple of weeks ago, I don't want to go into this in any detail. No, no, no. There are scenarios... Particularly when you're on your own line, where it will be very difficult to go low in a defensive tackle because you need to make a dominant tackle that wraps up the ball, mm. and it's it's going to be an absolute minefield when they start yeah. officiating that. Mm. Uh, but Sale didn't get the result that they wanted on Friday. In fact, far from it. Uh, yeah, quite a long way from the result and quite a long way from the performance well, they wanted. See, I disagree with that. I disagree oh. with the performance side. So I don't. They're. Their pack are doing sterling work. I mean, their pack is absolutely fine. Really? Yeah, I think they're absolutely fine. Um, well, they line out, scrum, decent. Ball carrying, decent. Clearing out, decent. And if you don't believe me, yeah. look at the stats. You know, they've had the, the ball or the second go through the second most phases in the entire prem. The problem lies with those halfbacks. I mean, they are simply not. Not well, just, well, the fact not that the fact that AJ McGinty looks a better scrum half than Mike Phillips. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> completely agree. I wonder if that might be the future for him. Sam James 10, AJ McGinty scrum off. Yeah. I, <laughs> Move them all in one. Well, hear me now, believe me later. Sam James will be the starting 10 next week. I don't think there's any any debate no, in that. No, I, I I, I'd be very surprised if it's anything other than that. They've just had no direction. Yeah. How, how can McGinty go from winning the Pro 12 and looking very good and being the apple of Pat Lamb's eye yep. to... In a slightly different team, slightly different setup, but not that it's not that different. Well, I'm interested. I'm interested in 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 this because we were just chatting before the podcast, and we were we, we were talking about what we we're going to talk about. And I was working at the Worcester game, and I just said they look rudderless. And I said, oh, that just seems like the players, not 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 so much the coaching. They just didn't seem to do the basics. And you said, oh no, that is coaching. So we sail. Is that coaching? Because that would no, it's not because <laughs> um... not, not with sale. Tim, <laughs> not with sale. Not with dimes. Not with my dimes. Must, with no, no, no. Yes. <laughs> because you know the coaching things like they they know the calls. I mean, Adrian McGinty knows the calls, but he just can't take the ball to the line. Um, you know, Mike Phillips knows that he needs to move to, to move the ball quickly, but he's just not doing it. I mean, all the calls are there. All the patterns in in. In in um in the back backs are there. Everything's set up nicely for sale to be a very good team, but the halfbacks just are not doing the business, and they can't go to Mugford because he either isn't fit or isn't up to it. Mm. McGinty yeah. cannot move that team one bit. But when it goes to those wingers, I mean, those rugby league wingers have got a quite a quite something. That Solomona try. Yeah. Was spectacular. I think so. there's a massive number. I was looking at on, on YouTube at some of his tries in, in rugby league. It's, it's amazing how many of his tries were exactly that. Finish. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. It's just what a weird skill. Yeah. Did you see the other finish that was almost identical to that this week? Uh, was it Zebo? Zebo. Yeah. yeah. It was 
carbon copy that held both incredible finishes. So on the flip side, Northampton got themselves a, a win at home. And they had a they had a lock in in the changing room apparently afterwards the, some, some good in a good pre Christmas team bonding good um, uh, all the all the sort of academy players that have been training with the first team got got a little message on the WhatsApp group right get in here and they had a lock in uh. and all the players had, had had a few bevies that, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that Northampton need to do yeah they need some that. unity uh, yeah absolutely. but what if they had a loss though I mean that, the most disappointing thing for um, a sale point of view is. They could have won that game easily. I mean, Northampton were not good. Just no, Sale were worse. Well, that's just yeah. how, how bad Sale are. Yeah, neither, neither team were great. And Northampton won't take a huge amount out of it. Yes, they've got the win, but mm. it wasn't a, an especially brilliant performance. And they only, they only got three tries, and the last one of them was in the 81st uh, minute. Sale are in danger of being reeled into a relegation battle. Agreed. And not only yes. that. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think Bristol might take them. I've just got this funny feeling. I mean, Bristol looked very, in, in patches, very powerful with 14 men against, against Worcester. Sale at home and Bristol on the road, I see things slightly differently. Anyway, let's, let's move on then, because yep. the, the next game uh, was at the other end of the table, Yeah, at Wasps versus Bath. Second versus what? third. And this, this is, I mean, the Northampton Sale game was tense in one sense. There was a lot on the line for the, for the coaches and for the teams in the context of their whole season, but not really a lot on the line besides that. This Wasp Bath game was a big statement of yeah where going, these teams going, are where these teams are going through the halfway mark yeah and so I think this this was a brilliant game for the neutral a brilliant game as for a Wasp fan but if you're a Bath fan you'd just be frustrated because they were right in this game up to half time and then second half mistakes and compounding mis- mistakes by giving penalties away mm. missed tackles and Wasp if you make if you make a mistake, that back line is so clinical. They've got the pace, they've got the playmakers, they've got playmakers with pace, and they finished off brilliantly every little opportunity that the Bath gave them. Tell me, do you think there's any England uh, repercussions from this game? Uh, are you talking about Christian Wade? Christian Wade was well. Also, the matchups like there's Elliot Daly versus Joseph. Joseph. There's Launchery versus Atwood. Yeah. You know, there's quite a few. Head to heads here, Cipriani versus Ford. Uh, I, mean, I don't think anything's going to change there, no. but it's interesting. It is the, the one that could change is uh, Daily Joseph. Um, I don't think it will do just because of Joseph's defense is a little bit better than Daly's. But but Daly, you, you saw how dangerous he can be with half a yard. Mm. Uh, and Christian Wade is the big one. He is for the past few years. He's repeatedly been called, or certain individuals have repeatedly called for him. To be wearing an England shirt. Do you know what record he broke in that game? Oh, um, most tries before Christmas. Most tries in a calendar year. Oh, most ah, tries in a calendar is that, year. Is right? Eighteen, and he's still got another game to go on uh, uh, on Friday. Friday. Ah. calendar. Year. Oh yeah, because Wasps also had undefeated season, didn't they, in their calendar year? Can I show you the reason why oh. I think there's a couple of Wasp players that maybe aren't in the England squad? <laughs> Oh yeah, that, it's right. I saw this. <laughs> this try celebration, Danny Cipriani and Christian Wade. Do you know what? It's just childish, isn't it? They're grown men. What is that? What is that? I mean, you see small girls doing it in playgrounds. Oh, we're so cool. Look how cool we are. I asked him in the man of the match interview wh- whether uh, whether there was a name for it, and he said, uh, "Oh no, there wasn't." But 
Who was it? He said. He said. Oh, but Matt Matty Mullen said you've got to do the dolphin again next time you score. So maybe that's what it's called. So it's now called that is the dolphin. The dolphin. There's the ash splash. It's now so. There's Christian Wayne's dolphin. It's so juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> he's just. He scored a hat trick. Well, that might have been his second try. Yeah. But, but it's juvenile. It's, just, it's so ridiculous. Let the boys play, Jay. Let the boys play. Oh, it's boys. I, I really dislike that. It's one. a little bit like if if you if you're going to do celebrations like that on your, it might have even been his first try actually. Um, if you're going to do celebrations like that, you've got to back it up with an amazing performance, which he did. Yep. It's oh, like it's like it's like back so when um, coloured boots were quite rare. If you would, if yeah. you dared to wear coloured boots, you had to play. Incredibly I had a story. Well. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure how true this is. I had a story. Uh, do you know, like one of those rugby? Myths against passed around that Pat Howard hated Von Dell's white boots so much that he sent him to Bedford for a season. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, l- I'd, love, I'd love to know if that's actually true. Um, but you well, you were a forward who went with pink boots. Yeah, I did. When coloured boots were quite uh, quite a new thing. Unstoppable. You had to <laughs> you, you had to back that up with performances. Otherwise, you just look like an absolute loser. <laughs> it's a little bit like that with Christian Wade. He backed it up with a hat trick. Exactly. I, yeah. I'm just like Christian Wade. On the flip side, Ben Teo came out with some very public comments, which maybe his director of rugby wouldn't have liked, saying, "I didn't I didn't sign up for this. I thought we were going to be moving up towards eventually challenging for titles, All right. top four. Ben Ben Teo is a bit of an idiot. Okay, so first of all, completely disrespectful to to to, to your club, and not exactly what his teammates want to be hearing. Second of all, he's a rugby player. He's a rugby player with ambitions to play to play for England. That's why he moved over. He's got a choice of twelve potential empl- um, em- employers, and he didn't do the research. I mean, or he ca- did the research, but that was the highest offer on the table. Yeah. So he's got. So he's gone for money rather than a better opportunity, a challenge of the I title. I find this staggering that he's got the face to... Just the sheer nerve to, to even say it. He knew exactly what um, uh, what was going on. It's not like he showed up in a brand new city and you know went down to Hayes or Reed or something and just applied for one of the many hundreds of jobs. He's got 12 employers and he couldn't work out which one... You know, which one is which? Which one is going to be challenging for the top four? The man's an idiot. He's an, he's an outright <laughs> idiot. And furthermore, whilst we're on the subject of of, of Ben Tail, uh, he was completely and utterly outplayed by Hurrell. I put out a tweet that if you didn't know who these players were and you had to identify the hard-running in, in, um, English centre, which one would it be? Ben Tail or Will Hurrell? Ben Tail did look good as a ball carrier... He, Not as good as Will Harrell. He, well, no, uh, what, what I think Benteo showed briefly in glimpses in that game that England can benefit from is his yards after contact. He he he, he makes contact and still and still manages to make five to ten metres after contact. It's pretty amazing. And there's a get uh, for a game line battle. That that's where he comes in. He's talking handy. about Te- Teo or Harrell here. For Teo. Oh, Harrell had Harrell a great game for it, Bristol. Yeah. Yeah, Harrell does it. Every, I mean, oh, no, he no. Just continually does yeah. it. No, he had a really good game. Don't get me wrong. What, what I'm saying is uh, going back because I know we've sort of looped around yeah. to a different <laughs> game. But um, Christian Wade, stupid celebration, backed it up. Ben Teo, questionable comments, which Carl Hogg in the pre-match interview when I asked him about them said he'd been misquoted. But it had quotation marks around quotation. it, so yeah. I, I don't know what to make of that. But um, send him packing. But he didn't back it up with a big performance. Which, no, and which his side I, needed. I'm not sure he's had a single big performance in a Worcester shirt yet. I mean, oh no, he, he's, he's had he some has. good performances this season. Well, he missed the start of the season. He's only played four. I think. That yeah, was yeah. we've not seen him much in. In, all, in fact, you've know, probably he, seen him more in England shirts. He's, he's looked. He's looked good when when, when he's, he's played. played. He, he, he has looked good. good when he's played, but he, he needs to be. 
England internationals in teams like that need to be lifting their whole team yes. and converting the near misses and the tight games into wins, which yeah. clearly he hasn't been doing this season. Yeah, I don't actually think he's a particularly bad player. I just don't think he's shown against Bristol. And I think he should shut his mouth until he starts playing really well. I, I, th- I think he should recognise the situation he's in. And there's, there's ways to earn a move. And if yeah. that's what you want, and it's playing well, lifting, as Phil just said, being the big, big being the big player, yeah. being the big influencer, and being the England international coming back to your club and lifting the performance of the team. Look at Francois Houhard, what he did for yeah. Worcester last year. Well, okay, let's yeah. talk. Every then. other club in the league would have taken Francois Houhard if he was available. Well, one of yeah. these wonderful hypotheticals then. Which team in the Premiership would most benefit from Ben Taylor? Where would he fit in? Um, with comments like that, certainly not someone like Exeter. Because no. Rob Baxter talks yeah. about being one of the boys. He does and, massive and amount of life. research on, on yeah. the character of a player. Exactly. I wonder, like, if he's this desperate for the England shirt, which I think is what has happened, I wonder how many clubs turn, turned him down knowing that he might be, might be a bit this way. Uh, I, or if any. I think pretty much, every, as a player, I think... Uh, Harlequins would it would be an upgrade on Jamie Roberts. Yep, maybe. as he is now. I think Sale could benefit from him. I think Newcastle would benefit. I think Leicester. Well, they've got. I mean, they've got options there, but none of them have played or been fit. Um, Tamiwa, Williams, Tulangi don't really need him. Yeah, but so maybe Leicester don't need him. Sale might not be a bad move because he's very much the Liotta to a two. I think he'd be more. I think he's a wonderful player. I mean, if he comes to Sale, he'd be. Are you are you actually are you actually a sale fan now, Jamie? Need <laughs> to see what reaction I'd get. With, with you in sale, it's almost like like Stockholm syndrome or yeah. something like I, that. Like it's just because they're local. If, if if we lived in in the Midlands, I'd be and I had access to those teams. We'd be talking only about them <laughs> on on our little um, fantasy league WhatsApp group. I did I made a comment which I I think's absolutely nailed it. Where you know farmers are very good at not getting not building up personal relationships with animals <laughs> don't give them names and stuff because they're just livestock JB has got too close to say yeah, yeah. and now he can't he can't rip them to shreds when they deserve it now because he's just yeah. got too close he, yeah. he can't send sale to the abattoir after a, yeah. after a dreadful performance uh, he got too close right uh, so wasps the real deal the real deal yeah wasps mm. wasps were very good Bath will be frustrated um and then the Bristol Worcester game because we t- touched on it. I just want to link that to yeah. the the Wasp game because Bristol Vandell was got a hat trick. Oh. Wade also got a hat trick. Vandell is now one off the Premiership all time top try scorer record. He's eighty nine, and Quato is ninety. But Christian Wade, so of the all time top players, top try scorers, there are three still playing: Wade, Vandell, and the other one is Ashton. Correct. Ah, well then. Because Steve Hanley's third. Steve Hanley is third. Ashton's fourth on 72. But if we are correct in what we believe, Ashton may not be long. Oh, he is off. He's been for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no no, no player can talk to any club till January the 1st, JB. Oh, yes. We'll we'll know this. Yeah. I guess Um, um, Dimes will be sitting down with Ford in a few days' time now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He won't have had any contact with him before now. It'd be immoral. Yeah. Um, and so Vandell is going to take it, but Vandell has probably got a, at best a couple of years left scoring tries in the Premiership, oh, and that is yeah. conditional on Bristol staying up, really. Um, yeah, but you looked at him. Yeah, you look at him yesterday. I mean, whoever comes up next should take him. Oh I yeah, mean, he looked. I, I can honestly say I don't think I've seen Vandell have many good games. He doesn't seem to shine. Yesterday he was class. He, he just he's such a finisher. He really is. Yeah. If you look at there's um, a really really good 
um, Tom Varndell highlight reel on YouTube, which is just him finishing tries. Some incredible ones. He's taller than me as well. He, yeah, he's, he's quite six four. He's, he's, six, he's like I mean, he must be six three or six four. Yeah, he's he's quite quite a lo- quite a large fella. Yeah, yeah. he's a big slice. Um, and he, so he's thirty one, thirty two at the start of next season. So got plenty of time because couple, couple as long as he's got that, that I mean, he's still got that speed. That's all that matters really. So you'd say he's got a, a good couple of years left. But Christian Wade is on fifty nine, so he's thirty behind Varndell. But he's six years younger. Mm. And, and he's got eighteen so, this calendar year. So on that basis, it'll be well, three and a half years. Well, looking at his the last four years, uh, we've got data from him because he missed a, missed a season. But he scored twelve tries, twelve tries, thirteen tries, nine tries. So if you say in a season he's averaging kind of twelve tries, then if he gets another six years, you're on seventy odd tries mm. on top of his fifty nine already. So he could completely blow it out of the water. Yeah, the only problem with Christian Wade is he's feast or famine. He's, he is. You know, well, he didn't, he didn't score for seven games before this one. Exactly. So not and before that, he scored six against against Worcester. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so he, or was again, that last season? Kind of like the Patrick Cliver of rugby. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's not true because he scored three against Bath. So you know, fair play to him. Yeah. Um, uh, gone Brist- Bristol Worcester then. Yeah. I mean, now what a mess. Twelve minutes in. PC yeah. red card. Are we all... Yeah, fine. Fine. According to the laws as they are. Fine. Not Not getting into debating the laws. According to the laws as they are. Red. Ev- everyone understands yeah. it. It's it's pretty clear cut. I quite liked... We got a lot of reaction on Twitter saying, um, as soon as the red card happened, there's another game ruined. Um, this is terrible. Red card's ruining the game. Mm. And it didn't at all. No. It, it had the opposite effect. And there was actually a really good article... Uh, I think it was last weekend in the rugby paper that highlighted six games in the past year where there've been red cards and the team with the red early red cards with the team with the red card won, including Munster Ingl- against Glasgow. Munster against Glasgow, including England against Argentina, including, including Ireland South Africa, Ireland South Africa, and the top fourteen final wrestling oh, yeah, where Mashinode got red card in the first few minutes. So it's n- it's it kind of highlights a couple of things. One is that. It's not as big a loss as you might think because you're only losing you're losing one player, and all of these teams now practice yeah. to be a man down. So you know exactly how you're going to set up your scrum defensively and offensively. You don't even know which man it is. I mean, I think that's no, the no, one no, that's confused everyone. But one man down, you can react if it's an outside yeah. back. Everyone can fill yeah, in. Yeah, you know, it's a like for example, you know, you know, you know when it's uh, when you're a man down. Um, and the man, the man down's in the back line. I, I, we even used to do this at like low level club rugby. It's like when, when you're a man down and there's in in the backs from a scrum. The scrum half doesn't walk around with his scrum half. He stands off as first mm. receiver, and seven has ten, and you all. Which makes you one. think, why don't they do that anyway? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's so many things like why don't they, why don't they play better anyway? <laughs> so mm. yeah, good, good good coaching suggestion there. Right, well, <laughs> play, yeah. play, play JB, better guys. Uh, dimes, I'm, uh, dimes says I'm stepping back on this one, boys. JB's here. Just play better, boys. Okay. All right. See you later. Okay, boss. <laughs> But it, it also shows something that we kind of said for a while, which is the All Blacks and Saracens as the best examples. They outscore their opposition when they're a man down, which they always outscore their on average. Mm. They always outscore their opposition, but they continue to do so with a man down. So well, as Wales had a phase, I think, with a man down, they'd, they'd ship fourteen points. Well, that that's kind of the historical. I always used we always used to get told if you're a man down it sh- it should be two tries like in that ten minute period when you're a man down yeah sh- I don't I'm not two sure tries that. but 
it's definitely not that anymore because mm. teams and defences uh, are a lot smarter well, than I, they used to be. You know, I just thought this whole performance, because, because of the red card, it made the performance even more remarkable. I mean, how hot must it be if you're losing every game and you're losing significantly? You've lost your coach. Mark Tainton... Tainton has come in. Uh, you know, credit where it's due. I mean, he's done hell of a job to get this win because that group mustn't have had much belief anyway. To be a man down and still believe that you can get the victory and get the victory is pretty heroic. It is. It's a great result, great performance. And that, getting that result in the face of adversity will give an even bigger lift to Bristol. And they will say, look, anything is possible now. Yeah. The confidence boost is huge. It, it is. I, I Just going back to the red card, there was a, as you said, there was a bunch of messages to at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and people go, oh, I can't wait to hear Tim have a rant. Yeah. Like, I'm, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not going to have a rant about this one. However. I, I'm going to say that... Uh, by the letter of the law, that is a red card. You know, uh, and yeah. it's a coaching point for players, blah, 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 as we talked about many, many times. We're not going to go into that. I will say that um, World Rugby are doing everything they can to protect the, the jumper. And yeah. I, I do think that they've, with a lot of these law variations, changes that they're bringing in, they've maybe skewed stuff a little bit too one way. And hopefully JB's point that things will right itself, yeah. will, it will come back. I hope it does. But the one the one comment I seem to hear coming from directors of rugby, uh, coaches, players, and stuff is they haven't asked us. They've yeah they've, they ha- yeah they've bypassed the the players, and so in that way I'm going to use that word. Maybe world rugby aren't showing quite enough empathy. Yeah, who cares? And, that, that, and all we need to do I that just, is actually just just consult with players and coaches and say. How do you think we should? Yeah, we should and tell them. This. Tell them that, that's a very good point. Tell them when the changes are due next season. Yeah, and we'll say. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Give cool, them that's... a three-month window yeah. to get to prepare for it. Over the as summer. we talked about on last week's podcast, they yeah, are yeah. terrified of a class action lawsuit costing hundreds of millions of pounds, and they just want to be shown that they're doing everything Every, in their power yeah. to avoid because right. it's going to come. More importantly, Wor- yes. Wor- Worcester's lineouts. Yeah. Oh my word! Incredible, incredible scenes. They need Nyle back big time. Jabber Bregvadza. <laughs> he had the, he had a horrible day. But in like. This is what they practice every day. I mean, I think, I think I'm right in saying almost every day they'll do their set piece, their line out, their scrums. Yeah, they did. I'm not sure it was that guy's fault. What's the, at one point they didn't even get a man in the air. <laughs> I mean, you understand if they miss, if they, if he overthrows it, that's on the hooker. But if your second rows aren't getting in the air or your back rows aren't getting in the air, ridiculous. I mean, and that's why bad teams. That's why bad teams are bad. I mean, for Worcester to be in the situation they are and not know their set piece is quite remarkable. Well, and not know that. Uh, I'll tell you what. Why don't we? We've got an extra man on them in the backs. Why don't we find the space that will be in the yeah. backfield and just play a bit of territory? Yeah. What, how they didn't think think? I know they lost their ten. They lost Shilcock early lost Shilcock on, didn't as they? a result, and they don't have a ten. That is the point. Go back to Sale. They don't have a. Apparently, a 10 and apparently they've got Ryan Lamb there on. Huge money, yeah. yeah, huge. Like one of the best paid playoffs in the entire league there's, is Ryan Lamb. There's clearly some things that are wrong. Again, another interesting element. I mean, I know the the, the second row that came in for him, Christian Scotland Williamson, had a good game, but Donna Crow Callahan, bearing in mind he's 37, his family back in in uh, Cork or Limerick, one of the two. Uh, he was a travelling reserve, wasn't allowed to go home for Christmas, didn't play. Ooh. So you kind of wonder. I don't know, and it's pure speculation, but you kind of wonder: is there some 
unrest with some of these senior guys. You had you put that yeah. together with Ryan Lamb not being involved, and they didn't and start Dawson either. Dawson didn't start, but he, he came off the bench. Uh, I mean, Dawson's an important with... player for every team he's ever he's ever played for. He's yeah. a good leader, great leader. I mean, yeah. that's kind of why you have him in the side, I guess. Yeah, and if yeah. your lineout's not going right, Donoko Callahan, he knows a thing or two about about lineouts. Yeah. He certainly does. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, he's playing well at the start of the season. Uh, I, I don't know. I've not watched yeah. enough Worcester to say or Donoko O'Callaghan specifically to say. If that was the right move or not. But Can I just briefly just I, I, again? I'm, I do not. I'm, we're not getting into a conversation with it. I'm trying to be pro- Are we not? proactive in terms of the the high ball catches. Would, would it? Because one thing that's that's happening is the the Saracens model, uh, which uh, Gloucester are now employing, which Bath are now employing, which all the teams that seem to be that seem to be doing better are playing territory and doing this up and under kick, trying to squeeze territory and a lot more kicking. Would a fair catch thing from rugby, where like the mark. Like a mark, w- would that disincentivize these high kicks and play? Let the boys play a little bit more. No. So, so for example, um, and it would stop it, rather than penalising and red and yellow carding. Actually, just trying to stop this this up and unders because all they actually gain is twenty meters in territory, and that's actually that's the reason why these people are getting injured and going over on their necks. It's not the like in two C pieces case. I don't think he could particularly help it. And he could, he was in a position to compete for the ball. So all I'm saying is, so in, in NFL they have a fair catch where if there's a punt, the, they wave it off. And yeah, they say, oh, the, the, the receiver it. says, "I'm not going to bother running this back. I'm just going to catch and mark it." If players did the same thing in rugby and they could just get a scrum from an up and under court, then it would, I think, quickly overnight you would stop these up and unders. So you being w- such a thing, you would stop the up and unders. However, the reason a lot of those up and unders are put in place is because. You, you're trying you're trying to get territory, but you're also trying to create broken field. So if you can catch the ball 20 yards further down and you've got a broken field ahead of you, it's a great attacking yeah. opportunity. And, and you, not only you that. automatically stop that broken field attacking. Rugby. I know what you're saying. I, don't, I, I actually don't think that's what it is. If you look at Saracen's um, possession statistics, they like, and Bath now the same, they like the opposition to have the ball. More than they have it. Completely but agree as with soon that. as they get that turnover, yeah. yeah. So more, yes. But as soon as they get that turnover or this broken field opportunity, they go, and that's when they use the hand. Having said that, they also say that Saracens don't like the opposition having the ball for more than six, six phases, which is quite in, quite interesting too. Because so, they think they tire out. Yeah, yeah. Defense is tired. That, well, that's what they focus on. If we can keep when they do get the ball, if we can keep the ball see, for more than six phases, I don't see kicking. Uh, I mean, yeah, the broken field stuff is. You know, you are exactly right. If you re if you regather the ball and you in broken field, brilliant. Yeah. But the other, the other thing I think is very important about the kicking game is you're incentivizing the defensive team to get men out of their line, shortening their line because they've got to have two or three back deep, in the pocket deeper. Yeah, and that's when you play. Hole. But maybe with. The athleticism of the, of the guys now—it's not really a big deal. If you, need I, to, you know. I, I guess, what I'm trying to say is, uh, I think the game wasn't ruined, as you pointed out by red card, but it could have been, and we've seen lots of other mm-hmm. games that have been. But it's enhanced. Have been spoiled. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was have been game, spoiled because result. of, and and we don't know how it's going to be officiated after January the first, but it could be that we see even more red and yellow cards, and if that is the case, more games could be spoiled. And so I'm trying to say, let's try and prevent that scenario from happening yeah. where red and yellow cards could happen so anyway. did you yeah. now did you um oh, let me think now oh sorry do you know where this leaves Worcester and Bristol in the table I mean presumably in the same position but with the Bristol two points behind exactly that wow uh, and then Worcester are eight points adrift of sale who are third from bottom now Ooh. and their next two fi- the next two fixtures are 
a lot a lot of the clubs towards the bottom have got winnable games in this little three game winter block. So Gloucester would have wanted to have beaten Quinns. They've now got teams around them: Northampton and I want to say Quinns. Um, no, no, or Northampton and Sale, perhaps. Anyway, but um, it's the same. Worcester have got winnable games in the Premiership. Uh, let me just have a look at their New Year's. So these. Th- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Three games they would have been targeting big time. So Worcester have got Quinns at home on New Year's Day. Yeah. And Worcester have got Gloucester away on the first weekend in January. Yeah. And then they don't play again until February. And Bristol have got Sale away. Sail away, sail away, sail away. And Newcastle, uh, uh, Sale have got Newcastle at home and Bristol have got Harlequins at home. Mm. So winnable games in the next I think rounds. Bristol will take Harlequins. I mean, they were very close in, Wem- in, in Wembley. So, yeah, that, g- give me that. Mm. Uh, Should we touch on the other uh, Yeah, because I want to talk about um, the Pro 12, of course. Uh, and uh, Well, I'll tell you what. Let, let's, um, let, let's wrap up the Premiership. Okay. We'll let the game that... Our listener Peter Shaw has come up with be the little interlude between that and Pro 12 and JB's rant. It's not going to be rant. I, I'm going to talk passionate, passionate um, moment. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm, I'm I like gonna, it. I'm going to talk. Passion's what we want, JB. I'm going to talk uh, in depth about the Pro 12 and the joys of watching the Pro 12. Can, can we just, can we just rewind and hear that sentence again? JB just said, "I'm going to talk in depth." About the Pro 12. Yep. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing for uh, Welsh, Irish, and Scottish fans. Um, <laughs> Unless, Phil, you know what he's going to talk about. I've got a feeling. Anyway, <laughs> Quinn's Gloucester, yesterday's yes. game. Did anyone see this live? I did. Well, I didn't see it live, but I watched the whole game. Bits thing, of yeah. it. I mean, two teams which don't really inspire me in the in the Premiership. Terrible first half. Let's move the, past the that. The first half was awful. awful. Absolutely dreadful. Awful. That... About 30 scrums and line-outs. Oh, sounds, sounds all right. <laughs> it was just scrum penalty. <laughs> penalty from Rolling Mall. Knock on. That that was the only three actions. Joe Marchant did score a nice try. Uh, where he... By the way, I've looked at Joe Marchant's highlight videos as an England uh, youth. Bloody amazing. Yeah. He scored a couple of good tries. God, he he's did. good. He did. Um, I did didn't, didn't have him in my fantasy team, though. And Yeah, yeah well. Um, second half was much better. After 26 seconds, Clifford, who was another player. And I mean, the, the, the young Quinns guys and the England Quinns guys... Clifford, Marchant, Brown and Marler, mm-hmm. they were all exceptional. They really stood out. Um, but it was a good game and Gloucester came back into it in the last 10 minutes and Quinn's 
with a little bit of drama where Danny Kerr collects the ball in the 81st minute because of a knock-on, goes to kick it into touch, yep. doesn't find touch, finds Johnny May, who oh, starts no. running it back. Oh, yes! But Johnny May, unfortunately, was r- crabbing a- from one wing to the other, looking for a gap and just didn't find one and ended up running into touch. And Johnny May is a bizarre character, isn't he? Um, I, he must be so incredible at what he does to allow for these complete mental lapses. Nobody <laughs> yeah. runs from one side of the field to the other. He Nobody. Is, on the basis, if I was picking a team of 2016, um, but like if, if, if I was picking a Lions team based on the Autumn Internationals, Johnny May's in for me. He'd be in the squad. I think it, from, on the, if, if you were only picking a Lions team from what you saw in the Autumn Internationals, I'd give Johnny May the left wing starting shirt. Do you not think he's a complete one? I mean, it's a hell of a trick that he pulls off, but... A, one, a bit of a one-trip pony. No, I think his defense. What really impressed me in the autumn is his the defensive work he put in. He was, and see, he was he fantastic. under the high ball. Yeah, as well. exactly. He's got he just strikes as a kind of character. We mentioned the scrimmaging b- before. We mentioned mentioned him moving from one wing to another, like crabbing across. He's like one mental lapse away from complete catastrophe at any <laughs> at any single moment. It does make it more exciting, though, doesn't yeah, it? And I think this is why he scores amazing tries because he should have passed the ball. You know, <laughs> yeah. Most people would have passed, passed the ball at that point, but he just carries on running. Well, Mike Brown made an incredible tackle on him. He, he broke through, juggled with the ball, broke through and got into his stride, mm. coming up to the 22 and goes to go outside Mike Brown and Mike Brown scythed him down. It was yeah. a hell of a tackle to stop a, a certain try. Um... Neither team, both teams had good moments, but both teams had far more bad moments than they had good moments in yeah. this game, which is probably the story of their season so far, I think. So we didn't learn anything particularly new no. from yeah. this game from either side. Uh, and last is Leicester Exeter. Uh, yeah, which was... Rob Baxter said the scoreline doesn't reflect how close the match were. That Exeter got some late points, but that said... Um, Really comfortable. Well, red, uh, for what you would, what we would have expected, a comfortable win. Yeah. Well, Leicester away. Uh, uh, I think I, I think I know all about Leicester now. I think I think I can. Do you want me to to explain Leicester? Go on. All right. So good in the scrimmage. Would you say? I mean, traditionally been traditionally good. traditionally, but they're spending a lot. As we've talked about many times, they're spending a lot of money now on people that aren't doing the business in the front row. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But you know, they they still have a bit of pride. Um, good at home. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good at home, right? Yeah. Beat Munster. Beat Racing. I think I know what exactly. They're basically a French team. Uh, they go away. They don't care. They get smashed everywhere. Uh, I mean, the scoreline doesn't reflect it, but it's still a beatdown. 30 yeah. points to 10 is a beatdown. Yeah, they they've got... conceded uh, over 100 points in the last three away games. Yeah, they get hammered at Glasgow. Glasgow. Hammered, hammered at Munster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Leicester are basically the new <laughs> 1997 to lose team. <laughs> I do love when you were talking to Gavin Mortimer on the Ruby Dungeon when he said there was a, a French prop who, in away matches, didn't even bother tying up his bootlaces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't from me. That was from Flats and Shanks. Oh, but I retold the story. Did you retell yeah, yeah, yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. So they well, no, but there are there are French teams where it's Frank, like the Frank standard that they, they don't pick Probably. their big names for away games. That's just the standard. Yeah. I wonder if it, if it's even written in some people's contracts. <laughs> they only play, only home, play games. home games. Like when Jason Robinson Jason Robinson filed. filed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll give what a s- teammate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, right with your lads. Just enjoy enjoy Red game. Roof, boys. I'll be here when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, that puts Exeter in top four, which is very interesting because they had such a rubbish start. They really did. Yeah. So. And they, yeah. But the, the teams behind them, so after Exeter, you've got Leicester, Quinns, Northampton, Gloucester, none of who, they're all 
it's so up and down. Mm. So hit and miss. Whereas the top four, Exeter, since their poor start, have got some consistency. Bath yeah, has certainly got consistency. Not only that, Exeter play a very kind of predictable brand of rugby. You know what you know. You know what they're going to do in the twenty-two. You know, you, know, you just know what they're going to do and that they're going to be organised and they're going to be prepared. I think they will continue a nice, steady. I don't know, three wins, one loss, three wins. One loss, I think all, all the way, all the way, maybe to the to the playoffs. Look at the table mm. now, and I think it's it pretty much tells you. Well, yeah, it's a really good indication of of what we've seen. So Saracens and Wasps are the two best teams. Yep. Yeah, Bath, Bath Exeter, are not far behind. Bath not far behind. Exeter and Leicester creeping up, and it'll be probably you think Exeter or Leicester into the top four along yep. with those three. Mid table kind of Harlequins down to Sale all kind of fighting each other but Sale are at a pretty crucial point in their season where they could be dragged down or they could start looking up because um, yeah, their recent form has been worse than, than their starting awful mm. really and awful then the- and there's only so many times that Sale can use because up till now it was yeah we've had, we haven't had the results but we've been playing Toulon and we've been playing Saracens um, there's only so many times you can use that excuse and there's only so many times you can say we're spending half as much as other teams Um but they are spending half as much as the teams. Well, but that, that that was never. But it's just interesting that that oh that, want, that seems to be a line that is coming yeah, but out. Do you want to hear now? This, yeah, this is in the last used, couple of weeks. No, no, season. no, they did. Um, no, no, no. The, no when no, things they are going, did. they absolutely did. And not only oh, did they. Fine, I will. Let's let's not let's not yeah. talk yeah. any more about sale. I've got yeah. one more fact for you. Uh, this okay. is this is astounding. Okay, go on. Sale will be only the fourth club in the league to be profitable at the end of the year. I don't believe that. I that's why. That's why it's astounding. Believe it. They will I break it, even because they don't. I own, don't they don't own their own ground. They will, they will break even. And they this never. Year. That that is that is some very very good accountants. <laughs> can that be? Can that look at it? They're they're paying rent on their stadium. They're not getting the money for drink and food at the stadium. Mm-hmm. And even if they were, it was only three thousand people anyway. Well, I'm telling you now, they they get, their, gate, their gate receipts must be but negligible. TV money, the, the TV money TV, is the big thing. Yeah, the, um, the TV money doesn't cover. Keeping, they, you know, they spend the money very wisely. You, you can't, you can't well, deny that. If they are profitable, amazing, and, and they haven't. Sim- well, then I, then I'd say, well, then you can't use we're spending less as an excuse. That makes no sense, Tim. Because you're not investing the money you have. In assets, it's like you, it's like complaining. No, no. it's like complaining about a headache, but not taking no, no. an ibuprofen or it's a like, no, 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 no. It's like what's you're not in my mind. You're not allowed like to complain about it. Spending about it. a vast, a vast amount more than they are than they're making. You know, it's like, what, it was a sixteen million pound loss. You know, Bath run at a loss. Saracens run at a loss. I mean, they're all running. Sale are going to be running at a loss well, if they aren't no. ready. They, they are going they, to be they breaking even. They are going even. to be. No, it will no, be, be interesting season, to they see will anyway. break even. We'll, we'll get to the end of the season and we'll see. We'll Which see is just phenomenal. No, I mean, going, if, if I they, mean going forward. But if they break even but get relegated, how good is that for them? Well, that's a problem, isn't it? Because they won't break even next season because they won't have this there 5 is, million there, TV there, money. There is like a really, a really good point, which is, you know, shouldn't they all be profitable? Rather than upping the uh, upping the salary cap, they should all be sustainable. Well, I think yeah. I think historically only Exeter and Northampton. Exeter, and maybe Northampton, Leicester. Leicester. Yeah, those are the three. I think there's four though. The Gloucester, but it's not Gloucester. Uh, no. Maybe might Quins sound like Quins. Quins. Let, let's just face it. Quins yesterday took more in gate receipts than Sale will take in their whole season. Seventy-seven thousand people. Yeah, but do they actually make money on that game? I mean, higher the stadium. I think the tickets go rather cheaply. They are rather cheap, but that's not. I'm just saying in pure volume. Yeah, u- maybe unit numbers. 
but you know, break even's break even. So that's an incre- you know, it's an incredible achievement. <laughs> if you go down, <laughs> so halfway through the season, yeah, the bottom. Th- well, let's say the bottom two are certainly adrift still. Do we think it's going to be one of those two, Bristol or Worcester going down? And if so, which one? I think it will still be Bristol. I think it's going to be Worcester. I mean, I I think it they'd be mad to relegate Worcester because you know, the amount of money they've spent, it, it is a Premiership side. They you know they shouldn't go, go down. Well, look, well no, don't don't give me that shouldn't either. We have relegation or we don't. Yeah, and we yeah. shouldn't and we shouldn't have re- have relegation. <laughs> I think that's a different. Have, that's a different question. Yeah, I think we should have relegation stand. because London Irish. You could say the same thing about them. They're, they're, I, I, yeah, and I do. Um, so, but that is a very different question. Yeah. As the rules are, now, as the rules, someone is getting relegated. Down, I think. I I worry for Sale getting I do. getting getting dragged into it. I really do. I do, and it's we talk about the half the importance of having good halfbacks, and that was Sale's biggest weakness on the weekend. And again, you say Sale have um, you know haven't spent loads of money. They will have invested a fair chunk of money in Mike Phillips. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. He's, he <sighs> is not and AJ McGinty. Yeah, yeah. McGinty wouldn't have come cheap with with no. that season. Uh, There'd be other clubs after him, certainly. I tell you, the, tell you the guy who would who would make Sale a lot better, Will Cliff. Will Cliff think? is a really let's, good. Let's player. not talk yeah. about Sale now. So, let's talk about <laughs> Sale. Jade, stop talking about Sale. Right, should um, we get this? Let's get this <laughs> quiz. Let's get this game going. Yeah, all right, okay. So we're going to get into the Pro Twelve in a little bit and looking ahead to the New Year's games. Uh, but Peter Shaw, what a hero Peter Shaw is. He's a listener. He's a physician in America now. Does that mean a doctor? doctor yes, I think. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. No, it means he. No, no, gone. No, go on. You, you've got, you both got medical wives. No, you I, was, should I, know. I, I was going to tell you that he was a physicist, but I'm not going to go that long. <laughs> so he's Doc, a, doctor, I think. He's a, he's a doctor in America, and he's come up with a game for us. After hearing Springbok or Nazi war criminal, and after hearing... Um, what was the one I did? O- Aussie or Australian player or hipster band. Or hipster band. Um, <laughs> he's uh, come up with Fijian international rugby player or medical condition got seven <laughs> i've got seven so it's a best of seven you two going against each other play along as you're listening and uh, here we go um thank you so much peter shaw and if you can think of a game and you send it in um you can contact us at, at rugby podcast um you can get email we'll bob, bob an email address out and whatnot then uh, send it to me so and i can get phil and jb playing so fijian player or medical condition is this a player who can run with the pill or something that can make you ill. <laughs> Vola Vola. Oh, 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 I know Vola Vola. I know Come Vola, on. Vola Come on. He's a Waratah's fly half. Tim Answer. Sorry, The answer's on Phil. <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah, if you're watching on Facebook Live, we th- I thought a bulb had just died. Yeah. JB's using the lighting Dim the light. <laughs> to uh, make it... Mastermind. There yeah, we so go. Phil... Uh, Vola Vola is Fijian International 10 who has also played for the Waratahs JB what are you saying uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really an audio pack search egg chases on Facebook and have a look this is great Vola Vola I agree with Phil it is a yes. it is a player he is a 13 caps to his name made his debut in 2015 next one medical condition or Fijian player is this someone who can dot it down in the corner or send you to the coroner? Ooh. <laughs> laggy, laggy. Jay, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, just thought change, change, change some colours nice. there. Nice. Uh, I am going to say, laggy, laggy is a medical condition. 
Uh, I also want to go with medical condition. This is going to be boring if we just go for the same. I'm going medical condition. You're both wrong. Oh, <laughs> Laggy Laggy is a, a prop who got his first. He got one cap in 1991 for Fiji. Uh, that's why I didn't know him. Uh, okay, next one. Is this someone who kicks for sticks or something that can make you sick? Lower, lower. <laughs> Player. Medical condition. Lower, lower is an African eyeworm parasite <sighs> that lives in African rivers and can cause blindness. No, thank you. Ugh. No, thank you. One, uh, two, one to fill. So now, Fijian player or medical condition, Moya Moya. Is Moya Moya someone who has offloads to give or an illness that might give you six months to live? <laughs> Moya Moya. Give me... Phil, you go first this time. Disease. Disease. You're both correct. Yes. It's a disease in which new blood vessels form in the brain to work around blockages. Uh, and on some scans, um, it looks like a puff of smoke, which is moya uh, moya is a Japanese word for puff of smoke. Oh, there you go. Oh. That's where that comes from. So, Fijian player or medical condition, Berry Berry. Is Berry Berry someone who might put up and up and under or something that could put you six feet under? Berry Berry is a player. I think he's a player. You're both wrong. Oh, wow. It's 3-2 to Phil still. Uh, berry Berry is a vitamin B1 deficiency. Who knew? Theamine deficiency. Well, Dr. Sean knew, obviously. Uh, Viri Viri. That is a player, I'm sure. Medical condition. Phil goes four to ahead. Yes. Uh. Back with two caps made his debut in 2014. Did Viri Viri. And finally, Rocco Barrow. Go on, Phil. You've got an unassailable lead as it is. There's no pressure. Medical condition. Player. It is a player. Makes the finish 4-3. Respectable yes. game. Still a loser. Rocco Barrow was a Fijian <laughs> back who made his debut in 2013. Phil wins. Look at his flashing lights. Woo. Woo. Uh, Peter Shaw. Let's say thank you very much, Peter Shaw. Yep. Thank uh, you, Peter. Very good. Fantastic game, Peter. Very good. Uh, and if you can think of a game to play on the podcast... Uh, a rugby player of some kind or something else, um, then yeah, get in touch. Send it over. And you, Send, save us a job. Come on. You can have your moment on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Pro Twelve, then they've been playing. And, they have. Um, JB, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna hand the floor to you at this point. Could, before JB gets into it, can I just briefly mention Ulster's performance against Connacht? Yeah. Yes, on. you can. Uh, on Friday night, twenty-three-seven win, and tremendous performance. It was a good performance. Get, <laughs> Going back, we seem to only be able to score points against Claremont for some reason. Uh, but, <laughs> That's but, how it usually works. Yeah, I, don't, I can't understand that. But it was a good all-round performance because Connacht are a decent side, and the best individual performance for me was McCloskey. Yeah. McCloskey looked. Oh, he's, he's that boy's a monster. I mean, I don't know for the life of me why he is not the starting twelve. I think he's better, better, better than Henshaw. I think he's more Henshawish than Henshaw as well. Well, you could oh, wow. push Henshaw to thirteen and have McCloskey at twelve. Or, or, or Ringrose, look how good he's looked. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, well, we can't. Anyway. Which makes, which again, just linking into Ulster slightly. Which again, because Ireland seem to have some really exciting young centres and yeah. lots of them, it makes. Bearing in mind Phil's pain at, at Ulster losing Rue and Pinar at the end of the season. And he could have had this kind of mentoring role with some of these scrum halves coming through at Ulster. Uh, it, ma- it makes it very questionable why Jaco Tauter for Munster in the centre, bearing in mind they always also have New Zealander Francis Siali, who's a 
going to be coming back to full fitness soon. Yakutaut has been given... Uh, disp- being, the monster have been allowed to keep until so, the end of the season. This yeah. is outrageous. And maybe beyond. Not only is that outrageous... I mean, it's a weird one, isn't it? I, I suspect it's something to do with their positions. So, if you're a nine or a hooker or a fly half... You're very definitive. Explicitly, yeah. yeah, that's what you do. If you're a back three player, like well, Nath- well, like Nathewa, maybe you can have an Earl Rose or you know someone else in there because... You can you'd have more exemptions. Do you, do you see what I mean? I, I do see what you mean, but but Razi Erasmus, the Munster head coach, his reasoning trying to get Jakob Talta to stay on longer with Munster was that he would he would help bring through Sam Arnold and Niall Scannell. Well, yeah, I've never but, even but, heard of the guy. Actually. But you want you want someone to mentor young scrum halves through is there anybody better yeah, than Ruan Pina? Why? I'm sure Ruan Pina loves Ulster and has talked about how much he loves it so much. I would imagine he would have maybe taken a bit less money knowing he was going to play less games well, to stay he's there. Al- well, he's already taken le- less money in the past, so we know that. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, he got he's, he's, mo- he's, he's, he's a very kind of religious man. He, he thinks of Ulster as his home. Yeah. He's, did he meet his wife there? I'm not sure. Not sure. I, I, think, I think he might have but, met his uh, wife there. Here's the other thing, right, um, Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a very flexible player, Ruan Pino. Why don't they just list him as a fullback? <laughs> yeah, list him as a fly half. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because there aren't really any. Yeah, just list him as a fly. I mean, half. he has he's played solve. international fullback. So it wouldn't be half. no full fullback. Fullback. Has he yeah. played international fullback as well? Certain of it. But um, I mean, you need to double check it, it's just it's just odd. The, the, and, but the, what's interesting is seeing the quotes from the other coaches off the back of this because the Leinster coach got binned after basically speaking up because mm. the, the Ireland are in charge of the players. They decide where they go. I think. Uh, Scannell was it Arnold? No, Arnold, the uh, the centre got moved from Ulster to Munster, and he was told okay. you're moving so you get more game time. Yep. Uh, and th- they decide who the coaches of the provinces are, and the Leinster coach got binned off when he when he when he was that Matt he, O'Connor. Yeah, Matt O'Connor when he when he spoke up, and so Leo Cullen's very much like, oh, I'm not the one to ask here. Just uh, you know, we're doing what we're doing, and that's yeah. fine. They'll make their decisions. No one can speak up and say anything. But, no. he's, but that... I'd be really upset if I was an Ulster fan. The other one, the rumor at the moment is that. Ben Smith, Ben Smith, Ben Smith, uh, is talking to Munster, but you've already got uh, Nasewa, Kirchner, and Piatau as foreign back three players or foreign, yeah. foreign full back specifically. I'd love to know what these actual rules are. I think it is very um, it's close to Gatland's law. Yeah, I think it's very very Gatlandy. Yeah, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Anyway, so uh, Phil and other um, Suftum. Well, yeah. Ulster mm. fans will be, will be quite upset. Anyway, JB, yeah. right. So well, now, no, say, we've okay, talked so about we've talked about the positive. Ulster's great performance, and Munster had a great win. No, no, no. We've not even. <laughs> However, come close, come close to the positives. So uh, this is like this for me is the best weekend of of Pro Twelve rugby. It's two weekends. Yeah, actually. it's ridiculously. It is ridiculously good. You've got the derbies, so so everything is packed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I watched the Munster game. I sat, I sat, I sat down to watch a game with. Maybe two of the best sets of fans in the sport, but I mean they're cer- I mean they're certainly up there. Yeah, yeah, right up there. The rivalry is yeah. second to none. Yeah, and um, the history and the, the European Cups, history and the pro t- and all their titles. Uh, I mean they've got a ground which is purposely built for this for this one um, uh, for this one sport. Nothing could possibly go wrong, <laughs> except it's the Pro Twelve, and that and that Leinster decided that they wouldn't put out their full squad. Now, they have put out a squad which is full of internationals because they're Leinster and they have a, and they have huge strength in depth. But what does it say about your league when you're right at the top of it 
against your traditional rival on a weekend where families all flock back to Ireland. I mean, like, you know, my, my rugby coach, uh, sorry, my director of rugby at um, Talk H went back to uh, went back to Midlands where he's from, mess up with his mates, goes to a game. I suspect people up and down the country do exactly this thing. They all go to Munster, Leinster, and Leinster don't even put out their full team. It's an absolute joke. It's a farce, and, and you know, I've said it twice um, already about Ben Tail. It's disrespectful. I mean, what they must think so lowly of um, of of um, of this of this competition. Then you've also got the fact that there's another derby going on across the way, which is the derby between Cardiff Blues and Newport. Yeah. Now I'll give you a small clue. Okay, I'll give you a small clue. Cardiff Blues play in blue. Newport <laughs> showed up at Cardiff Blues yeah. all in blue. I mean, I know kick, kick, kick clashes happen, but surely to God, you've seen this on, you know, it, this isn't a surprise that, you know, they, they're called the Cardiff Blues and you come in a full blue outfit. It's an absolute, it was unwatchable. It was simply unwatchable. Uh, and this is the problem, really. Uh, maybe the Pro 12 should not be run by the unions and should not be held to ransom by the unions. This should have been the single best... Oh, scrum, dog's here. Sorry. Scrum, get out. <laughs> Rudy's upset about the Pro 12. What yeah. do you want to say, Rudy? Yeah. Exactly. He hated the selection from Leinster. This, you know, this should have been their best weekend. And it happened with the Welsh derbies earlier on in the year. Wales decided, well, we might release the internationals, we might not release the internationals. So the games that matter, which should be driving driving the competition, it could be a very good competition. It's got some of the best teams in the world in this com- in, in this competition. Yeah, it's it, the administration is appalling. I do. It, it frustrated me no end to see that Leinster lineup um, because as the other thing, we all know play welfare is paramount, and you've got to rest your players. But Munster the pro- didn't. The, well. The Pro Twelve. Well, let's have, see what Munster do in their away game. The Pro, tw- the Pro Twelve have more oh, no. opportunities to rest their players than any other because you've got Dragons, you've got Zebra, you've got Treviso. Yeah. So why pick this 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 game? Derby weekend. They yeah. have the derbies this weekend. Yeah. It's it, it's a it's a farce. It's an embarrassment actually. And the worst thing are the people on Twitter who somehow try and defend this. I mean, had one guy, had one clown, uh, you can find him, uh, cla- uh, at, at Mr. Clown. Um, he, he decided, right, the line of argument to take against me was, oh, you think it's a big rivalry, do you? Yeah, it's the biggest. It's probably the biggest rivalry in all of rugby. It's, it's up there in terms of club rivalries. Yeah, it's and, right up there. And yeah. then this same, very same clown, uh, and trying to say, "Oh well, they're doing okay, aren't they?" Well, they were up till half time, but they weren't far off. Um, I mean, at one point they were heading to their biggest ever defeat, defeat to yeah, Leinster. Just to highlight this one, so um, I know that in the case of in- returning England internationals, depending on how much they played in the autumn, so Chris Robshaw played every game, and he has to be rested in one of these three weekends, mm. including the one just gone, New Year's, and the first weekend in January. So he was out injured, so that means he can play the next two. So if the IRFU have the same kind of deal, yeah then all the Irish international players will have to miss one of the games. They have their two big rivalries. Uh, so Munster, uh, Leinster, sorry, were away to Munster. They're home to Ulster on Saturday. And then Leinster's next game after that, home to Zebra. 
Yeah, <sighs> there you go. There you go. So if you want to rest your players, yeah, and people yeah. people cry, oh, the whinging is unbelievable. Oh, Cronin had twins. Oh, shut up. You know they didn't all have twins. You know they weren't all at the um, you know the hospital bed of their wife. Uh, and this is the uh, I'll say it one more time. This is a top of the table clash. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't. You know, just just a derby. It was one that actually meant something, and they ruined it. Do you know who Leinster's next three games? So after these two big Irish derby matches, go on, Munster away and Ulster at home. They have Zebra at home, as I mentioned. Mm. They then have Treviso away, then Edinburgh at home. Yeah, Leinster's game. Do any of those coincide with the uh, Six Nations though? So do they have to rest them before then? Yeah, well, well no, no. Well, Ireland going to no, camp on Monday. Zebra's before that. Yeah, the the two Irish teams are, 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 are the first two weekends in. Right. Uh, oh no no no! The other ones are in in February. February. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, point stands. So it, yeah, it, I, I agree, JB. It, it like for, for all the times we you know, yeah. Pro Twelve fans rightly want to sh- shout and say, yeah, the, the, don't the, don't knock out, don't call our league a hobby league and all the rest of it. Yeah. They just shoot themselves in the yeah. foot. And the worst type of person is one. The person goes. Oh, it's boring though. It's boring you going on about the Pro 12. Well, it's not as boring, is it, as sitting down in front of your TV, waiting to see these derbies, waiting to see the pinnacle of Celtic rugby, and then just you know, deciding not not um, not to show up or to get the kits wrong or for Glasgow to rest their players against Edinburgh. It's mm. just not on. It's not on. Interesting select, interesting uh, matchups for the thirty first. Uh, poor Scottish sides going to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> good, good New Year's party. Good New Year's party afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And Eleven o'clock in the morning because of the time difference. Zebra Edinburgh. That's weird. Underway on Saturday. Weird. It'll be a heavy session after that one, I imagine. Oh, big time. Uh, there, there are some rumours about Zebra either folding or being moved to Rome Ooh. in in the paper recently. Well, I tell you what. I tell you a result which happened this weekend, which you won't know about, but I'll tell you anyway. Um, RGC beat Merthyr. Merthyr. I saw it. Now you, you, you might laugh. Yeah. But um, just giggling that JB's contribution is uh, having a pop at Pro Twelve sale, 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 sale. Yeah, so um, <laughs> that means RGC are one point off the the Premiership in, in Wales, so one point from from the summit. So if Zebra do fold, or if someone does fold, it strikes me as the next logical step to have RGC as the as the fifth region. But Wales is struggling to support four regions at the moment. Yeah. And let, let's talk about it if, yeah. if that happens. Well, hear me now, believe you so, later. It will be happening. <laughs> so fixtures for next week. Yes. You got them there, Tim. Uh, at Rugby Podcast, if you want to have a... If you're a, defend, a, a fan oh, of the sorry. Pro 12 side and you want to defend it and think we've got it wrong, because uh, Phil and I have actually been trying to kind of defend it and they have just, I, 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 they've I, played completely into yeah. the Hobby League tag, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, just one last thing. Um, I want to say something positive. Two players who are outstanding, regardless of the competition, because the Leinster players that did play were very very good they they played with a lot of heart they just shouldn't have been playing um what's his name uh, murray is just outstanding he is head and shoulders the best scrum half in the british isles at connor murray at the moment yeah, oh, yeah he's yeah. just fantastic he, he's awesome yeah um munster tell me if you disagree with this munster sort of play like exeter they like a little bit of a I'm not sure if they're a better version or a worse version, but when they were in the 22, it is one up, one up, one up. Very, very pragmatic. Um, very, very belligerent. And it strikes me as their only player who's got actual... Maybe not the, their only player, but the player that gives them the real edge is Zebo. 
And Zebo in the backs, Stander in the forwards. Yeah. I mean, I am guilty of, of thinking that Zebo was nothing much more than just a pretty fast runner. No. And he's, he's so much more than that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he does get a bit headless, but I thought oh, he had a phenomenal game. His, his form has been outstanding recently. Yeah. And he, playing 15, playing on the wing. Lions? Yeah. Starter? Maybe. He's, uh, he's got to be in the he's conversation. He's not far off. He's not far off at all. Oh, he's, he'll definitely be travelling. Definitely. Yeah. Do you want to do uh, Pro 12 fixtures first off? Go for it. Yeah. And we have all game. no games on Friday. Um, So Saturday 31st, uh, Zeba, Edinburgh. Yeah. Uh, Treviso, Glasgow. Okay. Yeah. Then Leinster, Ulster. Tasty game. Dublin v Belfast. I don't like that Leinster have well, rested not, all Not their... Dublin, honestly. The provinces, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I don't like that Leinster have rested all their players so they'll be fit and fresh. Uh, so I think Leinster are going to edge this. Yeah, what makes you think that Leinster will play all their senior players? <laughs> I mean, they can't really do they can't they, do it against Munster. They can't rest every player every time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, and, Leinster, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, Connacht at home to Munster is the game. So three o'clock kickoff is the Leinster Ulster game if you're interested in watching. Uh, because I'm working New Year's Day, I'm not having a big one New Year's Eve. Mm. Um, Professional. So I'm going to watch. I'm going to be sat in and watching rugby. So Connacht Munster at five thirty on the West Coast. Uh, West Coast matchup. Give me Munster. Yeah, their, their so. form recently. No, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not going to get on this. Yeah, I'd say Munster as well. And then on the Sunday, the on first, New, yeah, New, New Year's, Year's Day, Day games, you got Scarlets v Blues and Dragons v Ospreys. Ospreys and Scarlets for me. Uh, Osprey Scarlets, this will be watchable because they'll be wearing different kits. <laughs> Unless, well, no, because Cardiff have got that pink kit, haven't they? So they turn up to the Scarlets in their pink kit. I wonder if the Scarlets will wear their blue kit. Or maybe. Yeah, they have got a blue kit. Yeah, what? Cardiff in their blue and Scarlets in their blue. They, they, right, I went to Canterbury. And Dragons and Ospreys can both wear black, can't they? Um, I'm just going to take a sip of uh, yeah. my drink, actually. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So. Like um, Canterbury mug. You took a trip to Canterbury and. Yes, I went to Canterbury, and uh, I'm going to push for this because it, it has to happen, right? Teams can only have one colour away kit, and it's going to be white. Like, it just like has NFL. to be white, right? And you can... Which teams would be affected by having a white home kit? There would be uh, Ospreys. You, well, no, the traditional old Swansea kit would have been it's white. White, yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're basically... So, instead of getting all these stupid colours, I mean, um, uh, Scarlet's look like something from Tron. When they're in the blue kit. Oh yeah, and they had that tequila sunrise kit yeah. last year. Oh Just yeah. Enough of that now. Um, every every team has to have a plain white kit, uh, and uh, white kit, black shorts, whatever it is. Okay? Well, your the... your old favourite club, Exeter, have been doing that for years. Home, yeah, fine. Home, black black kit and a change of, change white kit. Yeah, and that that will be that. And you only go into your change kit when there is a clash, not because there's a minimum amount of you know times you need to wear it, not because it's a European game. You've got two kits, and never will there be a kit clash ever, ever again. And we can all watch rug- we can all watch rugby, uh, knowing that we'll never see an abomination like Newport Gwent Dragons in blue and, play, playing the Cardiff Blues. And if you and for <laughs> people that are just being welcomed into the game and to go, where is this game? What's going on? Where is it? Oh, they're playing in white. They're the away team. Right, got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well and, and also, if you're the home team, no, if you're the home team, you should change because of, you know the the logic. Is, no, actually, it's a professional sport. Sort it out. Sort it out ahead of time. Yeah. Okay. So, Aviva Avicii Premiership. Uh, we have got fry uh, games spread over several days um, again. Um, 
Friday the 30th, Newcastle versus Wasps. Newcastle, in terms of this season's Avicii Premiership, we were talking about everything at the top. They've been the kind of surprise package, really. Five victories yeah. in the first half of the season is, is a great return for them, and they are developing nicely. But how will they match up against Wasps coming to town? Uh, I think they'll score points. But Wasps on a plastic pitch. Give me Oof. Wasps. Yeah, good point. Um, there'll be lots of points here. Yeah, this could be good. As give long me, as the weather's good, this be a nice game. G- give me Pablo Sacchino with at least one try. <laughs> wow. Uh, give me Wasps by 10 points. Yeah, Wasps, I think, will win um, by more than seven. Uh, then on New Year's Eve, three o'clock kickoff, and uh, the only game on Saturday, Bath Exeter. This will be a great game. If they're right, Jay. Yeah, fine. Just made a funny noise then. Oh, did it? No, I'm just putting um, the Avicii music on. Oh, okay. Obvs. Yeah, go on. Avicii Premiership. Bath Exeter. Bath Exeter. Bath. Oh, wait, right, by the way. What are Exeter doing travelling to Leicester? Yeah. And and, and and Bath going to Wasps, uh, wasps. on Christmas Eve. Well, surely there's and like that Exeter to Leicester. Newcastle to Saracens. Newcastle to Saracens. Yep. Weird. Yeah. Sure. Well, no, Newcastle to Saracens actually works really well because the airports. I mean, if you go to. If, if you can afford to fly. Oh, the fans. For the fans. fans. Oh, yeah, never thought yeah. of that. Yeah. 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 That's how I do. Yeah. So, but Bath Exeter, this, this will be an interesting one. A resurgent Exeter, an, an excellent Bath who are needing to kind of re-establish themselves now. They've had that defeat against Wasps. Todd Blackadder was very upbeat after the game, said we thought we played well. Wasps were just good on the day. He, he didn't seem overly concerned. No, he, How did he, he mentioned, mentioned the clinical edge of Wasps as yeah. well, didn't he? Uh, give me Bath at home. They, they've already beaten Saracens at home and they are a better team. Uh, I think they'll do it. Bath versus Exeter? I think Exeter. Extra on the road. Yeah, I do. Um, I think they'll they'll squeeze life out of them. They'll just do what Exeter do. They play. Do you know what they they do? Their individual jobs better than better than almost anyone. I'm going um, in. So so Exeter. Bath at home. Uh, then on to Sunday, and we have four games in the Avicii Sale versus Bristol. <laughs> Bristol come away with a win at the AJ Bell Stadium, and it is game on. It really is. Um, do you know what the worrying thing is? Bristol are very good at chasing bonus points. I mean, if you look at their bonus point, I mean they've they've already got more bonus points than um, losing bonus points. L- yeah, yeah, but I mean you've still got to score the four tries. I mean, or get no, no, yeah, or losing or bonus points. They, they've, yeah. they just haven't lost by a lot in a lot of the games. Yeah. And what's important now is they've got a win in that column with a man down. Two wins in Europe before that as well. Yeah, I mean, arguably Bristol have used the whereas Worcester used the European weeks to just yeah. rest all their guys. Bristol used it to to make winning a habit. And can yeah. they go to the AJ Bell Stadium? And... I think they can. I think they can. But will they? Is this the first time you're going to bet against Sale this season? Yeah, I think. Um, do you know, the one thing, a lot actually not the one thing. A lot of things impress me about Bristol, um, not least the heart of. Of that performance, but they're also quite a powerful ball-carrying side. Yeah. And if Vondel gets on the outside of anyone, there's tries. I think Hurrell is a very good player. I think Will. I, I think Will Cliff is a pretty good player. So, so who who are you going to say? I'm going to say it's going to be. You can't do it. You can't go against your beloved I, Sale. I, I, I'm call, I'll, I'll do it then. I'm calling. I'm calling Sale. They'll have Josh Beaumont back in the side. And yeah. Josh Beaumont is inside this week, mate. No, he was. He came off the bench. Came off the bench. Uh, ang- uh, bit I, of an ankle strain. He, he'll be. He'll be starting again. I think. I think Sale, Sale d- up front will win. Do you really think he's that much better than, say, T 
TJ Ione. He's been playing out of no, his skin. But I think he is much, much better than and- Andre Ostrikov, for example. So I think they'll... they'll you get they'll, an extra, better player I on think the they pitch, might read. Mm. I think they might rejig things and... Ch- I mean, Ostrikov's a road. pretty good player, actually. Yeah. He's, he's, he's very... Right. Af- he's he's big and he's big athletic, athletic. He's but he's a not good second rower. He's a... Yeah, he does some odd things. Yeah... So I'm, I'm going sail by sail at in home. an ugly game. Yeah, sail at home won't be pretty. Kicks will win it. Uh, Gloucester versus Northampton. Again, this I don't think this will be pretty either. No, I think Gloucester will win. Gloucester at home. Gloucester. Gloucester will do some magnificent things and then do some mind-numbingly stupid things. Yeah. Uh, give me Gloucester. David Humphreys described the game against Harlequins this game and the next week as season-defining, and I don't think that's over over-exaggerating no. at all. That they're if they got any chance of top six, which you know, if if some of those players and some of those coaches still want to be there, part of the Altrad uh, regime, then I think possibly, mm. possibly they need to be top six. But um, I think Gloucester will win at home. Uh, Leicester versus Saracens again. This is a tasty game. This at Welford Road, where Leicester will turn up, and it'll be packed out Welford Road. Yeah. Um, I find it so difficult to look past Saracens though. And Leicester, they've been decent. Leicester, I know. Le- I, my theory about Leicester being a French team is going to come true. They're going to win this. Win at home. Yeah, win at home. I'm working but, on this one. I'm really excited Saracen, about it. Saracens beat French teams in France. Uh, they point. beat Toulon yeah. earlier in the season in Toulon. They're pretty good at doing this, aren't they? Yeah. Give me Saracens. Give me Saracens, yeah. Saracens. And Worcester Quins, another, again, you could conceivably see Bristol and Worcester both winning this potentially, yeah. this weekend coming. And yeah. that leaves it at like a four or six point between three sides at the bottom. Particularly if Quins have to rest Marla and Mike Brown. I think that's that's massive for them. Marla, Mike Brown and Danny Kerr, potentially. Mm. Uh if that happens, give me Worcester. If those boys and Rob Shaw are playing, give me Quinns. Worcester, a little bit rudderless. And with um, Shilcock failing an HIA, yeah. he will be stood down automatically, I think. Uh, he should be, yeah. For two weeks. Yeah. So again, what do they do at 10? Such an important position, as we've been Ryan talking Lamb. about. Uh, I'm going to go Quinns away. I know it's Worcester look a different team at six ways, but um, there, there seems to be some big fractures in that side. So Yeah, and that... Quinn's backline having Marchant and Visser and Yard and Brown and Care playing on a plastic pitch. Mm-hmm. It's quite, it, yeah, give me give me Quinn's if those boys are playing. Good times ahead. Excellent, good pod. Excellent pod, boys. And uh, sorry, I, it's petty, I know, but just remember, we're the only podcast who have stuck to our our weekly commitments to our to to our our listeners over over the festive period. Just saying, just saying. Well, no, I, I don't. Th- I don't think. It, I think it's the same all through the summer. There's lots, yeah. of, people, lots of people take summers off. We're, we're there. We're there off season. We're there Christmas week. We never stop because that's how much we love the game. And Until April, <laughs> we're not sure what's going to happen in April. <laughs> there might be a couple of blank weeks, but we're working no, on it. No, no. So we've got we've got four months lead, knowing that we're all got holidays in April, and we're <laughs> we're, we're going to come up with something incredible. Um, yes. So don't worry about that. But no, that's our commitment to the game. Uh, right here committed to the game Commit- just like this wonderful Canterbury mug mmm <laughs> delicious delicious Canterbury uh, I've, I've got my Canterbury book I'm going to read got it for Christmas the only thing that I, th- thing that I wanted Canterbury brand book other kit manufacturers are available uh, but thank you very much for listening uh, leave, a, leave a review on iTunes uh, subscribe on iTunes and Acast and you'll get the next episode I presume we'll probably do this one bank, maybe on the Monday Monday's good for me bank holiday Monday Monday we're in so we'll we'll have it there for your for you returning Tuesday to work. Commute. So those Tuesday the second of January blues, when you have to go back and get back on the grind and stop eating cheese 
oh, <laughs> for a living and stop drinking whiskey every single day whiskey and wine every single I have day been whiskey and up loads of coffees as well just Ooh. like oh I just not and Kate's had had the the liqueurs and stuff but she's been knocking a bit of amaretto into really <laughs> just like stand and you both like do you want a brew. Do you want some something do you want in that? Yeah, go on, your then. nose. Do you yeah. want a brew? Do you want a brew? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I need to stop. No that. straight liquor in front of the kids, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in the coffee cake. <laughs> right, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. We'll see you next time. Top work, Phil. Thank All you, right. Tim. Nice one, JB. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.